0: Today's sermon is going to be, uh, uh, hopefully it will be something that will, uh, it's not, I, I'm, I'm not thinking of it as a revelation sermon, something that's like, oh, it's something new. It's more about maybe reminding us of, of some of the old, okay? And so sometimes we need to go back to those things that are uh, basic uh, and just kind of re-look at those kind of things. And so today we're going to kind of look at something, um, from From a story from the Old Testament, and then we're going to take it into the New Testament, what we need to learn from it. So if we go to Exodus chapter 1, and uh, kind of give a precursor to what's going on. So the children of Israel, that means Jacob's children, right? That's what that means. Jacob's children, he was called Israel, had been in the Promised Land in Palestine area, but there was a great famine. There was a great drought and the people had no food and whatever and so in Egypt Joseph had been sent there by his brothers to, in slavery and different things and but they had prepared for this great famine that had covered this this part of the world and so he had prepared, God had prepared Joseph to a place to save his family and so they had moved to Egypt or hanging out in Egypt to, to, while this famine was going on well as in most things with human beings hanging out becomes living out right you, you think well i'm gonna just do this temporarily and then the next thing you know 15 20 30 40 50 60 years later you're still doing the same thing anybody found that to be true you know you think oh i'm gonna just do this for a little while and then the next thing you know you know your life has passed and you're still in that place and so that's kind of what happened to the children of israel they moved to egypt to get out of the famine the famine ended but the children of Israel stayed in Egypt because it was a nice place. It was a nice place to raise their herds. The land of Goshen was a great place, and, and they were protected. They had the armies of Pharaoh were protecting them, and they didn't have to, to go through anything that's going on. Now, in this time of this history, if they had actually moved back to Palestine area, the Middle East area, you know where they're at right now in, in Israel, if they'd moved back during this time, there was actually a big turmoil that was going on in those areas in which there was a lot of conquerors coming through, a lot of uh, marauders that were coming out of some of the area to the north, and so they would have probably had to have fought and maybe had to probably even been captured because there was a lot of thievery, marauders. There wasn't like big kingdom against kingdom, but it was a bunch of raiders that would come out of the north and out of the east, which would be kind of the desert Iraq area, that were coming in, taking a lot of stuff, taking people and moving back to the area. So while Israel was protected because Egypt had one of the largest armies of the place, they were protected in Goshen, all this was going all this turmoil was going up north, and so it just got and got like it's just so much easier to live in Goshen than the place God called us to. Everybody lived that? It's just easier to live my life in kind of a place of safety and security than to step out into a place that God's actually called me to, because it's unsafe. It looks like it might not be going like it needs to be. So while they're living there, in Exodus chapter one, starting with verse uh, uh, let's start with verse eight. Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply and it happen in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us. So go up out of the land, therefore, and set taskmasters over them to afflict them with hard with burdens, and they built for Pharaoh supply cities, Python, Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew, and they were in dread of the children of Israel. There's an enemy of Christians. Do you know what his name is? Satan? The devil? Right? And do you realize that he's scared of you? Now, he's the king of the world, the prince of the air. He's the the guy that, took from Adam, but when Jesus came, Jesus said, I have been given all authority and now I'm going to give it to you. You're going to go out and you're going to tread on snakes and you're going to cast out demons. You're going to, right? And so the devil says, you know what? I am scared of Christians. I'm scared of people that are like Christ. And so he's a lot like Pharaoh. I, These people are scary to me. They're going to go against what I want to do in this world. I want to destroy people, and these people are bringing life, and I've got to do something to deal with them shrewdly, like the king of Pharaoh said. So the Pharaoh did what? He sent what? What did he say? Taskmaster, Taskmasters. What does that mean? Supervisors. <laughs> Anybody got supervisors? Team leaders? <laughs> right? Bosses, right? You know what? What Pharaoh said is, we're going to send some people in that are going to to basically trick Israel to believe that they're weaker than us, and they have to obey us to survive. To stay in this area, they're going to have to do what we tell them to do. We're scared of them, so we're to, so the devil does the same thing. The devil says, you know what? I'm scared of Christians, and so I'm going to act shrewdly with them, and I'm going to give them taskmasters that will actually come into their lives, come into their areas of, of being, and they're going to trick them into being sidetracked from who they really are. Sidetrack them from being as powerful as they should be, to because if they ever knew who they really were, I would be doomed we would have lost. There's no way we do it. And so in Christianity today, we have a lot of people running around powerless and I'm not going to say in slavery to sin because we've been freed from the slavery of sin, but we have put ourselves back under taskmasters who keep us down so that we can't exhibit the power that God has for us. And these taskmasters are actually described in the Bible in Galatians chapter 5. So let's go to Galatians chapter 5. Some of you are already ahead of me. Just hang out with me here a minute. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 is where it starts. And he starts to describe the taskmasters, the supervisors, the people that want to enslave us, the the beings that want to enslave us, the things that want to sidetrack us from what needs to be done. And it says... Now the works of the flesh are evident. Oh, taskmasters did what? Gave the people a bunch of what? Did they give them a bunch of blessings or did they give them a bunch of what? Work. They gave them work, they gave them jobs, they gave them tasks to do. And so here, Paul's describing this thing in the flesh as work. In other words, this is the taskmasters that the devil tries to apply to your life to cause you to be sidetracked from being the most powerful beings that God's called you to be. Taskmasters. And so the first one is adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, self-ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, in, in rivalries, and the likes of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the past, that these practices such will not inherit the kingdom of God. So what happens to us, what does it mean to inherit? Let's just go here. Does it mean salvation? No, it's not salvation. It's what? Inheritance is what? The full blessings of the kingdom of God. Right? You will not have the full blessings of the kingdom of God if you do these things. Now, you can be saved, right? We believe salvation is for all. All can be saved. The gift of God is free and to apply to everyone but what happens is we get caught up in these tasks and we become enslaved we become powerless we become a place where we don't have the full blessings of god if we have these things in our life and it will drag us down put us in chains put us in a place where we don't feel full and accomplished we will not live promised land living if we have these things in our life does that make sense to you and so these things are here and he he gives a list of them but you know they don't come at you as this list they don't come and say hey you know what i want you to be a lewd person today lewdness is upon you you know it doesn't do that what it does is it sneaks in it acts shrewdly and it starts to work its way into you so that you think you're living a comfortable secure life and the next thing you know you're trapped by this task or this work or this thing. And it just sneaks its way in and starts to pull you in that place. And so this whole list is a list of shrewd things that is the kind of like the end result of where you're bondage to, but it starts somewhere else. So let's go with our modern-day American Christianity. Um, How many people here use TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, some kind of social media, Right? Okay, Facebook, MySpace, if you're old people, right? Uh, I don't even, you know, I got all these new things, right? So, so we use some kind of social media. But if you're not careful, the clips of people's lives, the, the short picture of people's lives, you think are those people's lives, and it causes you to be jealous, envy, starts to have strife. It starts you to cause you to, you understand what I'm saying? So what happens is, is we get involved in the clip of somebody's life when it's not real because the devil acts shrewdly and it stakes us down the road of one of these works. So it always, it always amazes me to go be around in different places, you know, traveling places or, you know, go into some place like a state park and you'll see people with this You know what I'm talking about? Have you seen it? You know, it's like they they have this persona online on the photograph that is not the way they walked in or they walk out. But what that does is the devil acts shrewdly and you see it and it becomes huh. I don't live like that. I'm not at that place. I'm not traveling like that. I'm not. And so it becomes something where you start to have a work, a task to perform that makes you feel less than you are and it causes you to start to become enslaved to whatever's going on, right? Social media, TV, news. There is no such thing as news anymore. Everything's propaganda. Do you not realize that? Whether it's Fox, CNN, MSNBC, CBN, I don't care what it is. There is a propaganda machine that's in the media right now that is based on one thing to give you tasks to make you feel fear, worry, anxieties, whatever it is that they do and they pump it, pump it, pump it because you continue to watch it because it is your task and it becomes a place of wearing you down. Right? It's a shrewd way that the devil influences what we do. Um... How about just your job? Anybody have a job that goes counter to your Christianity? Okay. I've got one honest person. Mine doesn't. I'm I'm really (laughs) blessed. Okay, But, you know, jobs sometimes are, are work, right? They really are work, but they counter your life and bring anxiety and worry and start to push you down and make you think you're less, and so you start to try to pump yourself up, and your work of your flesh comes out as you do your job, and you take all of your value based upon what somebody says about your work. What is that? That's the devil acting shrewdly to push you down, to cause you to be enslaved, and not live in the promised land. How about, anybody here ever take a loan from the bank? mortgage, car loans, credit card, whatever it might be, you know, take a loan. How do they make you feel? The Bible says if you borrow money, you are a slave to the lender. Huh? You know what? If you're really deep in debt, you can't stop your job or you can't do other things because God can't get you out of it because you've put yourself so deep in the hole that now you're actually a slave or a servant to the taskmaster of the bank or the credit card. But it really comes down to greed and uh, lust and all those other things that's found in the work of the flesh because it shrewdly works through you to get you to a place where you're now working for the bank and not working for God. How about, how about certain relationships in your life? Relationships that just kind of tear you down? they don't build you up they're they're kind of they're kind of there and it just it just sucks the life out of you and it's a task just to be in that relationship now you're not married to that person so don't even look that way okay don't don't be nudging them or whatever okay it's not got to do with marriage that's a covenant relationship i'm talking about relationships outside outside that place you know but it's a relationship that just Maybe it's a codependent relationship. Maybe it's you know that thing that you run and rescue them because every time they they get in trouble and they, they get in trouble on purpose so that you have to come and rescue them. You know that's a codependent relationship. Or maybe it's that that relationship that they they're just always taking 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 right, and you're just giving giving giving, and it, it becomes a task. It becomes a work, and you find yourself in one of these places that you're in a work of the flesh instead of in what Jesus calls us to be, which is a Fruit of the Spirit. See, when God called the children of Israel into the promised land, He told them it was a land flowing with what? Milk and honey. What is milk and honey work? Or is it a product of life? I know the bees are having to work, but for us, right? It's a product, it's a produce, it's a resource. Milk. See, The fruit of the Spirit is the same way. Love, joy, peace, whatever. It is a product of living a life of freedom. When we become free and we're no longer under the taskmaster and the Spirit becomes alive, then we start to produce stuff we don't work for stuff. Does that make sense? In the kingdom of God, He's about producing things in us, producing life, having life, having life more abundantly, that thing coming out of us just because... We're with him, we're in him, we're residing with him, we're living with him, and it just it's a natural byproduct of what we're doing. But the devil shrewdly makes us want to think we have to work for it. And we get our identity for what we work for. We get our identity from TikTok or Instagram. We get our identity from Facebook. We get our identity from our job we get our identity from how many things we own even when we don't own them they own us we get our identity from what we watch on tv and knowing the latest facts and the latest gossip and the latest news and being a part of that thing we get our identity from being that instead of getting our identity of for what we produce are we producing love are we producing love are we producing joy are we producing peace See, that's promised land living. That's milk and honey. But the devil, being scared of you, shrewdly puts taskmasters over your life. And he wants to work them in. And the children of Israel, all they had to do is say, no, we're not doing it. What would have Egypt done? What would the Pharaoh have done if Israel said, no, nope, not done it. We don't care who sent there they would have been scared to death and he probably would have wet his pants and went back in the back of the castle and waited, right? But because they willingly let the taskmasters in, he was able to shrewdly take them captive to the point that God had to do 10 great miracles to get them out of it, right? And even after he got them out of it, what did they continually holler every, all, every time they turned around? And if you know the story of the children of Israel, they continually hollered, holler, I got to go back. I had it better back there. I had somebody at least taking care of me. And we, as Christians, are no different than the children of Israel. I'm no different than the children of Israel. It's so much better if I just get taken care of. You know, it's so much better when my wife has supper on the table for me instead of me having to produce it myself. It's just so much better when there's clean clothes in my drawers and my dressers at home I don't have to do anything. I just walk over, I pull the drawer open, Ha! clean shoes, clean underwear, clean socks, clean t-shirts, clean pants. Wow, so much better to be taken care of. We do the same thing with the devil. When he starts to add comfort to our life, when you start to get comfortable, be aware The comfort comes at a cost. It comes at a cost with my wife. Men, you know what I'm talking about? she puts clean clothes she makes the laundry she does all the cooking and all that stuff it's a cost but it's a cost i'm willing to pay why cuz it produces what love produces love with god it comes at a cost it comes at a place where you're not secure and you're not in control it comes at a cost but guess what you know what it produces love joy peace patience all those fruits that are found there. But we trade those things in because we have a shrewd enemy that's scared to death of us. And he tells us if we'll work for things that we'll be satisfied, will be a full completed, will be whatever. And we find ourselves in idolatry, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, Selfish ambition, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, rivalries, and the likes. In other words, we find ourselves in a place that we don't want to be. We find ourselves enslaved to a master, a taskmaster, that does not have the best interest for us. That doesn't have the best interest for us. But if we'll just lay those things down and just say, nope, not doing it, not even going down that road, not even letting that road even get a part of my attention. I'm going to take the narrow path. Jesus said it, right? The narrow path leads to what? What does it lead to? Life, right? It leads to heaven. It leads to the kingdom of heaven. It leads to everything we want. But broad is the path that leads to destruction, to hell, to being enslaved to being no longer inheriting the kingdom of God. It's easy to let somebody take care of you. It's hard to sacrifice our security and our control to be under God's power and presence. So what do you need to lay down? I'm going to ask the band to come up. What do you need to lay down? I was talking to somebody this week. It was actually last week. We were just having a good conversation about stuff that was going on in life, and this is not confidential. But this person was like, you know what? I've laid down a thing in my life and it's not bad. It's, it's not evil. It's not like a, a bad thing. But he said, I laid it down because when I laid it down, I started to see my life produce love, joy, peace, patience. But when I was doing it, My brain was dead, and I just kind of lived life from minute to minute, moment to moment, and I just really got to the place where I didn't care about anything except for that. I'm like, you're wise beyond your years for believing that that one lay down to give away. And so sometimes in our lives, things are not what we need. Things that might be acceptable to other people are okay for them, But for us, it would become a taskmaster. I don't have Facebook. You know why I don't have Facebook? I'll just tell you. Why I don't have Facebook, I had to lay Facebook down back in the day, was because as a pastor of a church, I would see somebody say, I can't do that for the church. And then I would see on their Facebook thumb line what they were doing instead of doing what they were for the church. And I'm like, you're giving up X for the church to get crap from the world? And it made me mad at them. I got mad at people. And I'm like, as a pastor, I can't love somebody that I'm mad at. And so I'm like, it's better for me not to know what you're trading for. And so I don't do Facebook. Now, I let my wife tell me what you're doing on Facebook, and then I get (laughs) mad at you. But maybe for you, there's some stuff that you've got to lay down, some things that you've got to say. It's okay for others, but for me, it has become a taskmaster, and it leads me to my work of my flesh instead of to producing the fruit of the Spirit. So I'm just going to ask you, I'm not going to have you bow your heads About close your eyes